Hey, welcome back to another Get Geekish podcast. Uh, we're doing this from isolation. So, uh, hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Bino, joined by uh, Derek here. And his, that's, that's not a sponsored background. You just mm-hmm. really love that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's the best. If they want to sponsor me, then by all means. But, you know, it's just, it's the best. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a big week in news. Uh, I mean, w- our initial topic today, we are going to talk about this, this beef between AMC. <laughs> beef. Pictures. Huh? Huh? Hey, like that? I can't get it out of my mind. Uh, but we're both big Scrubs fans, and we, we did see the passing of one of the Scrubs stars this week, which was very, very sad news. Um, and today, where we're recording this, this should have been free comic book day today. Oh, the first Saturday in May. Makes you kind of sad because everyone's stuck in lockdown, but Free Comic Book Day did say they're going to try and reschedule a day in the future, so we'll still get some of that action later this year, hopefully. You know, I didn't even think about Free Comic Book Day now. It just made me sad. Yeah, and May the 4th be with you is just a few days away. Mm-hmm. In another kerfuffle, did you hear what fans did to Disney about that? No. Uh, apparently... Disney tweeted something about sharing your Star Wars memories with May the 4th be with you as a hashtag. And then they tweeted their terms of service to go along with it, basically saying, if you use this tweet, you're agreeing to let Disney use your image and blah, 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 blah. The blanket terms of service. So fans had a field day of tearing Disney apart for it. And they recanted later and said that we meant this is only anybody that shares something along with the Star Wars thing they were doing in the May the 4th, not all of them, but it was definitely a, a PR oopsie when it comes to <laughs> the land of the internet. I feel like with the tweets, there shouldn't be guidelines. There shouldn't be, but I mean, I mean we're on tangents already. I, I was just reading a story this week that there's a bunch of professional photographers that are turning their Instagram uh, accounts to private because there's some court ruling that happened that they were uh, trying to stop places from Mashable and BuzzFeed from embedding their images in their websites. But the judge said, no, the way the Instagram platform is, if you put that up there, somebody else can embed it. That's free for them to do. You don't have to get compensation for somebody embedding your social media content on their website. So a lot of photographers are up in arms and turn all their accounts to private and whatnot. So but there's a difference between embedding and straight up stealing. Like embedding still links back to them. So whatever. Well, that gets the argument of, uh, you know, payment exposure. So we won't dive into that right now. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's something totally different. <laughs> uh, but yes, the, the, the backstory of this, and who knows, by the time you actually listen to this, talking to you listeners, things may have changed because this is a uh, very uh, a fluid argument as it was, but Trolls World Tour was one of the first movies that they released to video on demand. With all the lockdowns across the country and the world, this, a lot of movies are getting pushed back to, from summer releases to fall releases or from this year to next year. And with Trolls, they said, you know what? We're just going to release it straight to home. People can pay to rent it for two days, and we'll see what happens. So it was 20 bucks to rent the movie for 48 hours, and the Trolls World Tour movie has now cleared over $100 million. How, how many times did your little one watch World Tour? Um, at least six in that two In the span days. of four? Dang. Yeah. And then we just went and saw it at the drive-in again last night because they managed to get a release of it. So it was an okay movie. I mean, it wasn't like it was an earth-shattering good movie, but a $100 million movie? It could be said that some people are just bored looking for something to do. Well, I, I will say, too, it for them to because i mean some other movies kind of did like, like the invisible man was in the theaters only for a brief amount of time and then they were like oh let's put it on voodoo mm-hmm. which is great and everything like that i think the way that trolls did it 
was great because I mean, there's probably a lot of kids out there looking forward to it. I know we enjoyed the first one, surprisingly enough. Mm-hmm. The second one, like you said, was okay. It, you know, that's a sequel. But what, being able to, especially with a six-month-old, being able to sit on my couch, hit play on a brand new release movie, and just eat snacks out of our own home was great. Didn't have to bother with getting in the car, going to the theater, paying $40 in concessions, and then, you know, so a $20 ticket to rent for 48 hours was great. And I don't know, I know we're going to get into it, but I think I like the way that those movies are going. I, I like that you had that point because we're going to circle back to that off of some of the arguments you're having. Uh, that's, that's right in the crosshairs of this whole thing. <laughs> um, and I, I'm with you too, because I was a little upset at first. I'm like, man, 20 bucks to run it for two days. That's a little steep considering you can buy most movies digitally for 10 or 20 bucks. Uh, but then thinking, you know, if I'd taken the little one to the theater to go see it, we would have bought at least 30 or 35 bucks plus snacks. So $20 to watch it for weekends, actually a heck of a deal. And mm-hmm. paid $20 to watch it. Then we paid $22 to watch it again last night. And we'll probably pay another 20 bucks to buy it when it comes out. Cause she still wants to watch it more and more times. So from a uh, consumer standpoint, I'm getting railroaded, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, well, what I'm hoping, and maybe this will come up later, but, but what I'm hoping is for everybody that did stream it, that $20, maybe they'll offer a discount when it comes out to buy digitally, you know, at least five bucks off or something like that. I don't know. Um, I know that Voodoo was doing a $5 credit if you pre-ordered the watch party like the premiere of it. So yes, I saw that $5 credit sitting on my account that I need to buy a movie with, but you know, so that's, that's kind of some good compensation, but. And I, th- I, I honestly think that those will be completely up to the digital retailers. Yeah. Which are also making a bit because did you see that voodoo just got bought by Fandango? I saw that. I got that email and I was like, Can't Fandango is still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my biggest Fandango moment were you with me or was it Beth? No, it was, it was you and me when we went to Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. And we were sitting out in this packed theater in Fort Collins. People waiting in line in the hallway, hours to get in, blah, blah, blah. And we're sitting down in our seats in the middle of it, and the theater employees come walking in with their angry faces on. If you bought your tickets on Fandango, you're not guaranteed a seat. You need to get out of here if you didn't buy your tickets at the box office. And then the first commercial that pops up was, was Fandango. Fandango. Guarantee your yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah, the, they were making that announcement when we were in line, remember? And uh-huh. I thought that we were going to be in the middle of like a riot or something. And yeah, I know who goes to the premiere for Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen, but we did at midnight. Yep, exactly. We did at midnight and having them walk around going, if you got a ticket from Fandango, you're not getting in. And you and I looked at each other and went, oh, because we were surrounded by people who had gotten tickets from Fandango. It's just started, you know, they started cursing up the storm. I was like, this is awkward. Well, especially that we were on free radio station tickets at that point, too. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, mm. <laughs> sorry, fans. <clears throat> um, anyway, back back to the the uh, trolls kerfuffle. But Universal, they made a hundred million dollars in this thing, and so the the head of Universal basically said, you know what, this video on demand is a viable thing. In the future, we're going to have this on the table for future releases of movies to either do it in conjunction with theater releases or in lieu of theater releases. 
Because let's be honest, in the movie industry, there's a lot of movies that aren't big enough to warrant being in big theater chains, showing well, on 18 screens. But, and even if they are, there's tons, you know, tens of maybe millions, I don't know, of human beings that physically cannot make it to the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, be it an illness, be it a family thing, be it an injury, that type of stuff. So, I mean, to see what they do if they release it in the theater as well as the digital market, I could see that working out, you know, kind of covering all the aspects of everything. See, I think that is going to be the big decision what happens because they did the one that was Trolls that was released at home only mm-hmm. to an audience of people that were all stuck at home. So when they go to the next step and they're going to have a big movie that's released in theaters and at home, see how much money that comes in and how it affects the box office take versus that home take. And then on the other side, the back end of how long that affects the digital and uh, physical sales when it's released for home release. Right. That, that's where Trolls set itself apart. The fact that they still get that secondary market. A movie like Sonic the Hedgehog, they put it straight on Voodoo's so you can just buy it right now they don't get to have it released in theaters and get a bunch of money and then re-release it again four or five months later at home when they throw the DVDs in store shelves and put it on sale again. They just well, get one go around of, hey, here you go. <laughs> Sonic was in the theaters. It came out Valentine's, so it, it was in there for a month or so. Yeah, it was in there a month, I guess. So the, it, and it made a lot of money in the theater, you know, on that initial opening weekend. But I, I actually like, I loved it when they released it digital, mm-hmm. where I didn't have to, because that's what, when I, when I saw that Trolls was just doing the premiere and you get to rent it for forty eight hours for twenty bucks, it's like I just bought Sonic for twenty bucks and that's mine to keep. Mm-hmm. I had that same train of thought in my. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's Universal's plan going forward. So the head of AMC theaters. Uh, got a little bit ruffled about that. So AMC Theaters is one of the biggest theater chains in the country. And they basically went out and said, you're going to start releasing at home and not use movie theaters? Well, guess what? We're not going to show any Universal movies in AMC Theaters ever again. Universal is uh, kind of a big yeah. so the, studio. I feel bad, though, because their big sticking point on this one was the the movie in question was Fast and Furious 9 that's really a big deal to anybody. <laughs> well, uh, apparently, uh, but didn't that get pushed back? Yeah. But that's supposed to be one of the, the next biggest movies that's slated to actually be in theaters. Unless things get all weirder. If that's possible. Well, here's my, here's my, here's my beef with this is like, I, I get why theaters want, you know, the big movies to come in. That's the whole experience of going to the movie theaters and whatnot. But in a time like this, where we can see that video on demand works. I don't know why movie theater or movie companies aren't just doing that. Like Disney pushing back new mutants again for, I don't know what is this the fifth time or whatever, mm-hmm. um, pushing back Mulan, um, pushing back another one, you know, why this just shows me that I don't know if Disney is just money hungry and wants that theater push because I mean, like we've been talking about trolls worked on demand, but, and people want to see these movies. So if they release these movies digitally for 20 bucks or so, they could be making good money. 
Well, that's that's why I think it's the the secret is the the uh, extended marketing because when somebody has the movies in theaters, that's the big selling point. If it's in a theater, you can only watch it in theaters. So you go into the theater to pay to watch it in theaters, and they're marketing it, and they're getting paid for the advertisements to see before the movie. They're making the theaters making money off concessions. There's merch that goes along with the movies, and then if people love it, they want to watch it again, so they have to buy it again when it comes out on release later. Right. It's cycle when you can get something right away and just watch it and buy it. Like, oh, it's mine now. Cool. You, I mean, how many movies have you bought, watched? Like, oh, this is a great movie. And then it's been sitting in your digital locker for five years and you've never even glanced at it again. Oh, I could go. I have, it's yeah. most of my library. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's that, that in your face, lowest common denominator, lowest hanging fruit. Like, if you want to watch this, you have to watch it here and give us more money. And that's that's honestly what the uh, universal folks and movie folks are saying is this trolls thing created their made made the uh, that's what I'm looking for the argument that people's viewing habits have changed enough people have high quality internet connections high end TVs that they can sit home and watch a movie and be just as happy as they would be in the theater. If, I, I would argue happier. Mm-hmm. To be and I think a lot of people, especially people that are fluent enough to have things like movie rooms and big screen TVs, are on that way. A lot, I, I talk to a lot of people in those kind of demographics that they don't want to go to the theater. They don't like sitting next to weird people and loud people and having to deal with sticky floors and stuff like that. And they absolutely hate movie theaters. I still have a soft spot. I like going to the theater, but I also very much enjoy being able to go to my basement. Like, let's just watch this in the big screen downstairs. Well, and, and here's the thing, too, is flashback to our podcast i don't even remember what number it is when we're talking about you know the movie theater irritations mm-hmm. so i mean because I, I, it always sucks when you go to the theater and somebody orders something that just is has a pungent smell or they themselves have a pungent smell or they're just sitting there through the movie going you know it's mm-hmm. It kind of takes you out of the movie. I mean, and we've talked about it before how we watched movies in the theater. We hated them because of, you know, maybe the experience around us. And then we end up watching again. We're like, oh, it's not so bad. But, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Like, there is the joy of going to the movie theater and being able to see it up on the big screen and everything like that and the surround sound. But there's also that joy of, you know, especially nowadays and like, humanity kind of sucks so let's just stay at home watch it order a pizza type of thing mm. I, I still think there's a place for movie theaters but i feel like the most movie theaters and most movies that come out are pretty much just uh, like the department store effect you're just there because yeah everybody else has seen it here cool whatever it's not a big deal we're just seeing it here we'd watch it somewhere else if we could when there's big deal movies there's something magical about being in a packed theater on the opening night of a Star Wars movie and people are like cheering the second they credit mm-hmm. on. You feel you feel that energy. Yeah, and there's there's something magical when you, you bring a kid to a movie for the first time or a three D movie and you see them light up the first time that, you know, eighty five foot screen lights up or something and you're like, Okay, this is this is not something I could do on the couch at home. But in general, like when I use movies as an escape, like when I I watch a lot of movies it's expensive and it can be a big hassle sometimes. Mm. And st- we'll look at these numbers here. The uh, movie industry last year, the theater industry took in $15 billion in the U S about 11 billion in ticket sales and $4 billion in concessions. 
So Americans are spending $4 billion a year on movie snacks. Jeez. And then you think of all the, the jobs of people that work at movie theaters. How many people do you know that had a job in a movie theater in high school or college? Few, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> everybody has a friend that went to movie theater. And when we were young, it was, everybody had that friend that snuck him into the back of the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Statute of limitations, right? Right? We're clear? Yeah. <clears throat> um, but that was the argument that... <laughs> Universal and movie execs were making was that people's viewing habits are changing. So this video on demand is the future. We got to embrace it and move forward. I also think there was the back-ended story. If we release it straight out like this, we can just keep all the money and we don't have to pay anything for movie theaters to show it. Well, I was going to say, think of all the marketing that they, they can save, you know, and the um, theater fees and everything like that. And, and here's the thing too, is theaters, if they want to, continue to be a viable source they need to evolve like you know you flash back to 1998 you couldn't reserve your seat you couldn't get food delivered to you um, you had basically airplane amount of space between you and the chair in front of you and the chairs were very uncomfortable tickets were more affordable <coughs> excuse me tickets were more affordable kind of yeah, I was gonna say, were they inflation wise right <laughs> right but I mean, and then they kind of evolved and, you know, tried to cater more to like the relaxing aspect of like, we have reclining seats now and you can reserve your seat. We want to be, you know, catering to the people. So I think they need to continue to evolve if they want to, especially since this pandemic has kind of shown people don't really care to go to the theater. Yeah. I think, I, I think that there's places that are making jumps forward. I'm going to put, put a stop in that and I'm going to come back to that just so I can get the other, other half of the argument because I want to okay. talk about the theaters changing. Um, but AMC's roundabout thing, we're 20 minutes and we haven't got the other half of the argument yet, uh, is now saying that this wasn't a change in people's viewing habits. This success of Trolls was nothing more than the fact that tens of millions of people are stuck at home with nothing better to do. And that's the only reason they would do that because movie theaters are a way of life and blah, blah, blah. I feel like the quotes that I read from the AMC heads, they're a little out of touch with reality. Yeah, that sounds like it. Theaters are amazing, but you got to be enjoyable. In the 90s, we, re we lived through the time when theaters were nothing more than a room full of seats where they could show us move movies and commercials. Mm -hmm. They had a little decline, and then some things started to change a little bit. The, the one that uh, we love in Fort Collins here, the, the Cinemark Bistro, Less people in the theater, more room, more foot room, reclining seats, leather seats, food brought to the table. You can buy drinks. Makes it just a little bit nicer. Like I'm stuck up enough now that unless I have to, I will not go to a regular theater anymore because I'm spoiled rotten. And then a lot of the smaller independent cinemas are making names for themselves too because they used to show you know, the majority of kind of art films and older movies and things like that. But a lot of them are now getting the rights to get some new release movies where they just show it for a weekend or a couple weekends. Uh, like Fort Collins has the lyric, Greeley has the crest. Uh, Loveland has the Rialto, or there's some theater in Loveland that has it on there too. And they're the Alamo Draft House is down in Denver. And they make movie going an experience more than just a place to sit down and watch a movie. You, I mean, it's, I, I feel like people are much more willing to pay for that experience if I'm going for a night out where I'm going to have dinner and drinks and a movie and hang out with my friends in these comfortable places while this movie goes on. 
is a lot more entertaining than, hey, I'm going to go sit in a really uncomfortable seat with 85 strangers and watch a movie and hopefully nobody sneezes on me. Well, and think of it too is, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s, if you, you know, wanted to go on a date or um, an outing and to see a movie, you had to go to at least two different places, three different places to get, you know, dinner and a movie. Now, like you said, they kind of evolved and made it all one stop shop. So you can just go, hey, we're going to go see this movie. You didn't see restaurants throwing fits about going, well, th- there goes our business because people used to come to us before going to the movie type of thing. Mm-hmm. And also look back at it too. I don't, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Movie theaters used to hold on to movies longer in the theater than they do now. Cause what, I mean, when Phantom Menace came out, it was in the theater forever. And then we had to wait forever for it to come out on. I, 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 I want to look at those. I feel like in the eighties and nineties, we had to wait like nine to twelve months before things came out and taped right? VHS afterwards. Now it's and, like it's in the theaters, and then a month later, like I can watch this already. I know, and that's and that's what's crazy to me is you know what Frozen came out in November. I got it for my little one digital, like in January or February. You know, that's not a lot of time mm-hmm. at all, and it's just crazy because. I don't know if it's because Hollywood just keeps pumping out movies and they are, you know, just the, you know, going to strike while that marketing iron's hot. Yeah. Or, or I don't know. It just seems like I kind of miss that of the nineties, early two thousands when movies would last longer in the theater as opposed to now. Like, yeah, I'm happy I get to watch it a month after it's in the theater or whatever, but it kind of, that's what kind of takes away from me for the theater aspect is you're like, why go to the theater when I'm going to be able to watch it in two months anyway? Yeah, I, I have had to talk myself out of movies a lot with that lately. When it, something's been out for a few weeks, I'm like, oh, I should go. And, well, I've heard some mixed reviews. Ah, just wait till it comes out in digital. I can watch it for like four bucks. <laughs> and I think that's one reason I didn't see Sonic in the theater. Well, that and you know, having a little baby makes it kind of hard to go to the theater. But <laughs> it was one of those ones where I heard good things, but I was like, eh, it'll be out you know, here in a couple months. I'll just get it digitally, that aspect. So... You don't, you don't feel near as much like you're missing out. Right. So, I mean, this, this argument that AMC has with right now with trolls is not necessarily invalid, but it's not necessarily valid because this has been something that's going on for a long time. Mm. It's just now it's kind of hit that culmination because the theaters are closed in general so that nobody can go. So, yeah. And I, I found some, a uh, uh, little bit of stuff from comic book resources when they're talking about this whole timeline of it. After AMC threw it down, saying they were going to do it, then Universal fired back. Well, it's not for all movies. It's just certain movies we're going to think about doing this with. And they didn't say which ones. Um, but both sides are talking about losing tons of ticket sales. This doesn't happen. But then there's some other theaters that are rumored to be if Universals aren't shown at AMC. There's other theaters that might just go all in on AMC to show some of those big names because they know that if they can get people in their seats instead of AMC seats... I feel this is a bigger city problem because, I mean, we just recently had two viable movie chains in our area. Yeah. But you go to you know Denver and there's lots of different options. But when I grew up, I didn't know. <laughs> I think growing up in Longmont, I didn't know there was anything other than United Artists Theaters. I'm like, isn't this what that is everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's funny too is, I mean, how many times have you went to a theater and, and I had this problem growing up, you know, you had, when you had to check the uh, the old newspaper to see what was playing or had to call the automated number to see what was playing. 
one theater would have the movie, the other one wouldn't. And it was a big name movie. And you'd be like, what? So AMC. You had to call Mr. Movie Phone. Yeah. (laughs) Press one now. No. And like, that's what cracks me up is like AMC's like, well, we're not going to show it. Okay. Well, I mean, there's, like you said, there's other movies, theaters out there that'll show it. Mm -hmm. So, and I think Universal doing the whole Trolls thing probably were like, we're going to have a better outlook catering to families right now who need something for kids rather than holding on to this and saying, Hey, come see it in the theater because especially, you know, in a time where people money's tight, 20 bucks to stay at home, keep your kids entertained for 48 hours makes a lot more sense than holding onto a movie that might not do that well in the theater. And you can't get the families out there all the time. Cause again, you know, the whole aspect of I have a, six month old kind of makes it hard. So the families have multiple kids, it works out. So I think AMC needs to take a step back and reevaluate. Yeah. And uh, apparently Regal cinemas is also joining sides with uh, AMC saying that it's ridiculous for universal to consider such a prospect. Like but you said, they need to get with the times. <laughs> I, I, and I appreciate they have their business model and they want to make money and I like what they do at some point, but, let's be honest guys like you're looking at the future here and i'm slightly worried that this is going to fragment the movie industry much like the music industry happened with napster well the genres kind of got pulled apart by labels and then when the streaming services came out remember when there were certain things that had big name artists like if you wanted apple you wanted the beatles you had to go with apple but if you wanted metallica you had to go something else and like there was all these weird lines oh yeah you can stream things and the digital streaming services are already pulling that punches. But the difference with those is they're very, very affordable. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I complain about the fact that it's like a freaking cable service that I want to watch all the shows, then I need to get a subscription to Netflix and to Hulu and to CBS all access and to HBO now and all these kind of things. But at the same point, if they're going to fight about it, at least they're fighting about it with a reasonable price point. Five to $10 a month is not unreasonable to be watching content that costs thousands and thousands of dollars to produce. My, my big hope in in a perfect rainbowy leprechaun world is that maybe this kind of thing with the movie industry taking such a hit that maybe Hollywood could rework a few things here and there and realize that maybe like, I don't want to diss any, one in particular, but do we really need to pay $42 million to have an actor be in a movie? No. Yes, some of them sell tickets and good actors should be paid for the work that they do, but it's just like sports. Uh, How many people have the argument of looking at the, the NFL draft just happened and there's a whole slew of 22 year old guys that are going to be pulling down anywhere between three and $9 million a year for the next five years without actually having done anything in the league. Mm-hmm. How many actors are pulling down $35 million paychecks on a movie that they put zero effort into and it's a crappy plot and like maybe it'll kick Hollywood in the gear a little bit. Like let's focus a little bit more on the filmmaking and the stories Quality, not quantity. Yeah, yeah. Good actors will make something even better, but a good story can cover for bad actors. <laughs> well, I mean, look at how many movies came and went through the theater 
just, you know, in the past five years that just were in there for maybe a month if that, cause they tanked. Mm-hmm. So rather than just keep throwing content, you know, come up with something quality, you know, the times are a changing. You got to change with them. Mm-hmm. And with the marketing, you get a little more leeway too, because with digital releases, you're not tied to the frame. With movie theaters, they have set their own release schedule of what day movies come out, when they can show them, you know, what times a year are good, what times a year are bad around holidays. With video on demand, you could literally do a lot more with it. You can have special things. Like I, I could see in the future some movie coming out, and instead of just having one span where, okay, this month you can rent it, it'd be like, all right, Memorial Day weekend, you can rent this movie and watch it. After that, we're not going to have it released until you know mid-July or something. But this special weekend, we're going to do a special show that people can do it and create these little spikes in interest along the way. Mm-hmm. It also, you don't have to release your movie at midnight on a Thursday. You know, video, I mean, you know what? We're releasing this thing Friday night, 7 p.m. Bam. Go for it. Oh, we got, I think it's great. There's a huge Marvel movie coming out. I expect, and you know what? Let, let's push this back. We'll just change our digital advertising instead of coming out july 21st we're gonna put this out july 26th okay cool now we're not going head to head with avengers 17 like <laughs> well that's another thing is look at how many movies died because they went up against big movies you know on opening weekends everything like that that probably would have had you know a better thing of like hey we're gonna release this with yeah we know avengers is coming out but we're gonna release that that weekend but it's also available on demand too so you can kind of check it out if you don't want to compete with the crowds to go to the theater you know to go and see it so that always bugged me too with the whole marketing concept behind those ideas of of putting other movies around the big movies opening up like literally you are banking on hey somebody's gonna have to take their kid to the movie theater we gotta give them someplace to go to like that's your target audience is somebody that didn't want to go see the big movie (laughs) right that and that's again with the whole like you know the old curmudgeon sitting on the porch the times are changing like they got to look at all these different aspects and i think amc and regal kind of like doing the whole shaking their fist at the sky thing they need to take a step back and go okay you know what maybe we jump the gun a little bit let's see if we could work out something and i think that's where the dialogue needs to happen is between the theaters and the movie companies Go go learn from Columbia Records from 1994. Like you're not the only place people can watch movies anymore. So, yeah, let's let's make it exciting. <laughs> exactly. But interesting how this goes on. Like uh, I would love to see how this turns out. I'm hoping it is beneficial to all of us. But I think it's going to get nasty since there's a lot of money involved. So we'll just watch this and see what happens. But we'll get our popcorn. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Do you think uh, video on demand is the viable future of the movie industry or are the theaters right and the theaters still need to be treated with the, uh, the olive branch of being the only place to see new movies? Let us know in the comments. Find us uh, at Get Geekish, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all those places. And uh, thanks for listening slash watching because we do these on YouTube now. <laughs> I think that they need to find that just that middle ground. I don't think it's this or this. I think it's this. That's that's my opinion. You're trying to invoke critical thought here? Come on now. I know. I know. I'm just saying. All saying. in, all out. There is no in between. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening so much, and uh, we'll talk at you next week.